Good morning, everyone. Welcome into the Fumbling Punter. I am your host, Devin Keeney. Go check out our website, fumblingpunter.com. Welcome into Friday's episode. And my body has completely forsaken me and has stayed on West Coast time, which makes me a non-functioning human being until about noon. So with the two-hour difference, losing an hour of sleep, I am just all jacked up. From time change on Sunday and switching back from West Coast back to Central Time, I am am a hot mess basically before noon right now. But luckily, March Madness doesn't start until about noon. I believe most games start around 11 local time, and uh, that's underway. And uh, how much fun were those games yesterday? Just a great time of the year, and I was telling people yesterday that for as much fun as I think March Madness is now, that when I was a little bit younger, I would just get addicted to March Madness. I would sit down at 11 and I would just basically watch games until midnight or whenever the West Coast games finished up. So, of course, the most crazy thing that happened yesterday was the ending of the Vanderbilt Northwestern game. So, if you weren't able to see that, Vandy took a one point lead. And then Matthew Fisher Davis of Vanderbilt fouled the Northwestern player when they got the ball inbounds because he thought they were down one. So essentially he put them on the free throw line to tie and take the lead. That was just a horrible sequence for Vandy. It ruined my perfect NCAA tournament bracket. But Eze is off to a 3-0 gambling start in the tournament. So we're back and we are making money. Speaking of which, Easy e sent me some gambling picks today to continue on in day two of the tournament. He has Oregon minus 15, SMU minus 6.5, and, and Wichita State as a six-point favorite. And I'm going to give you guys a bonus pick of Arkansas plus one today. I, uh, I think that's a steal. Arkansas is playing Seton Hall. And so hopefully we're able to get off to a 6-0, maybe even a 7-0 start. I'm only going to count that Arkansas game if we win. So pick that one at your own risk. But I love college basketball and March Madness, but by about 9.30 Central Time, I was ready to watch some hockey to break up the monotony of all-day college basketball. And what a game for the St. Louis Blues on the second night of a back-to-back on the road. After dropping the game in Anaheim, they got a much-needed two points in San Jose. The Blues remain four four points up on the LA Kings for that eighth spot out in the Western Conference. So, when the Blues started this two-week stretch, they had eight games in two weeks. I said they needed to go 4-2-2 to stay in the playoff hunt. As of now, they are 6-1-0 in this two-week stretch with two games to go. So the Blues are looking really good. Uh, They have a little bit of a cushion over L.A. They're only two points behind Nashville right now. So hopefully they're able to make up some ground there. That would be nice. You know, the further they get in or the higher seed they get, then the better that looks for them. And hopefully with their inconsistencies, maybe they can get some good goalie play from Jake Allen and Carter Hutton and Hopefully ride that train. Uh, Brad Lee, our friend over at St. Louis Game Time, had a really good uh, game day post or game day article yesterday that I recommend you guys go and check out where he talks about this year's team basically being the 
epitome of the 50-year history of the St. Louis Blues organization. Up and down, in and out. And uh, I think it's a really good read. It was fun for me, uh, kind of as a newer St. Louis Blues and hockey fan, to just kind of see Brad's perspective on that. So I've been reading and trying to keep up with the Scott Trade Center renovation situation. And I was really looking forward to hitting the Staples Center while out in L.A. to have another hockey arena to compare. Well, it wasn't quite apples to apples. The Staples Center does have this awesome outdoor patio area behind the Staples Center logo where they have a bar, they have ample seating, a really good barbecue place. And it was a, it was a neat thing, but of course weather in St. Louis probably doesn't permit a year-round outdoor patio. But the, uh, the seats are new and shiny, not purple, which are nice. But there are some tiny, like, child-sized seats out there in L.A., on the, at least on the mezzanine level. Which, by the way, is why I say this isn't apples-to-apples comparison. The Staples Center has three levels of private suites and a tiny upper deck. We were on the side of the arena, and there were about 15 rows of seats on the upper deck. And the ends appeared to have, like, behind both goals, had about 10 rows of seating in the upper deck. So it is not built for the working man. Uh, I do hope to see those Scott Trade Center renovations get passed and get to keep enjoying that arena for another 20 years. It's kind of hockey home for me. So I really enjoy the Scott Trade. Hope they're able to get some new seats, get some renovations done. The uh, scoreboard, which I know is always a uh, hot topic, or the video board, rather, at the Staples Center was much nicer, but like I said, not really an apples-to-apples comparison there. So if you haven't gotten a chance to check out my latest post called Mizzou Hoops Will Be Back Soon, I highly recommend you do it. So some uh, media outlets don't really like the Quanzo Martin hiring for Mizzou basketball, And that's because they have no idea what kind of basketball hell Mizzou fans have been in for the last three years. Under Kim Anderson, the Tigers averaged nine wins per season and finished dead last in the SEC all three years. I highlighted in the blog why I think Martin will be worth every penny. And he's an East St. Louis guy, so hopefully he can recruit St. Louis, which hasn't been a strong point for Mizzou hoops ever. uh, He won at Cal, he won at Tennessee, and he won at Missouri State. Now, let me start with addressing this to all the people who are making this comparison based on what he did at Tennessee. Bruce Pearl was a great fit for Tennessee. He was a really good coach there. He had some good teams. He had a lot of fun teams to watch. But Quanzo took them to the Sweet 16 in 2014. And, uh, you know, I don't think that Tennessee fans ever really gave Quanzo Martin a chance after Bruce Pearl was let go. And then when he was at Cal, he coached the number two overall NBA draft pick in Jalen Brown. So, you know, he does have the, he has had some one and dones before. And he also hired an assistant coach in Michael Porter Sr. That is important because Michael Sr. has two sons. Uh, His oldest son, Michael Jr., a.k.a. Baby Durant is a 6'10 swingman and the number two recruit in the country. Grew up in Columbia, uh, transferred to a high school out in Seattle this year because his dad was an assistant coach for the University of Washington basketball team. 
Now, little brother Jonte is six foot nine and a top twenty recruit next year. So if Quanzo is able to flip those two from Washington to Mizzou, they could be back to somewhat relevance by next year. And uh, if you guys listen to the NBA podcast, I talk about the Porter family basketball dynasty. They are both members of that hoops dynasty from Sykeston, Missouri, that includes Washington Wizards forward Otto Porter. And back to uh, Quanzo Martin, success at Mizzou right now looks a lot different than at most places. If uh, during Quanzo's seven-year contract, he's able to have six winning seasons, go to four NCAA tournament tournaments, maybe even one Sweet 16, that will look like success for Mizzou basketball right now. So when I say success, when I say they're back, I mean back to somewhat relevance. I'm not talking about Final Fours. I'm not talking about national championships. I just want to see a watchable product at Mizzou again. So staying on basketball for a minute, the Spurs were able to tie the Golden State Warriors in the standings, and and now they're a game and a half apart. But that that's something to keep an eye on down the stretch. I uh, I'd hit that hard before after Durant got hurt to really keep an eye on the uh, standings because if the Warriors lost that home court advantage, and then they had to play the Thunder in the first round. That really set up that doomsday scenario that I had talked about for them. So keep an eye on the standings. Keep, uh, you know, the the Spurs are playing good basketball. The Wizards have kind of been up and down with Durant out. And so we'll have to see how that comes down the final month or so of the NBA regular season. So that has been all for our Friday show, a little bit of a shorter show to uh, get your weekend going. Thank you to everyone who has listened. Don't forget to give us a retweet or a share. I am not trying to bombard anyone's timeline. I am just always trying to uh, retweet and post about our podcast and our articles just to try to spread the good word. So have a good weekend, everyone. I really look forward to some MLB preview podcast coming up. Uh, another spoiler, as I've been doing for about the last month or so, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Give you guys kind of a fresh perspective on the upcoming Major League Baseball season. Weather's warming up. It's staying darker later, or staying light out later. Getting Starting to get dark later, I should have said. And so baseball's right around the corner, and uh, I'm excited. Lucas is excited, and so we really look forward to doing that. those podcasts. For The Fumbling Punter, I am your host, Devin Keeney. Have a good weekend, everyone.